Shorthanded Hawks put up a fight, but fall late in Boston, losing to the Celtics 125-117. to Welcome to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. I am your host, Tim Ogles. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mikey Kabrinsky, where we talk everything Hawks. Let's go. All right, Mikey, before we get into this game, We have something we have to bring up. Um, Trey Young has been officially selected an all-star replacement by Commissioner Adam Silver. I think this is well-deserved from Trey Young, um, averaging 27 points, uh, almost 11 assists. I think it's 10.9. I feel like this is well-warranted, well-deserved, and... This is this will be Trey Young's third All Star appearance, and I'm happy for Trey. Yeah, it was it definitely definitely well deserved for Trey. It's unfortunate that he had to get to the circumstance where he had to be an injury replacement, uh, but but you know it is what it is. He's going to Indianapolis, Indianapolis, representing um, the city, representing himself, representing the fans, representing the Hawks organization, and that's what he said earlier in those comments, like. Um, he knows it, it's not just for him, for himself; it's for for the people around him as well. Uh, so I'm glad that Trey is gonna get gonna get to go. And you mentioned his third All Star selection. It's kind of crazy that that Trey has only had three All Star selections. It feels like feels like he he, he should probably have more. But uh, regardless, for what he's doing this year, having the best year of his career in many many areas, statistically wise, you know, steals, points, assists, assist to turnover ratio, all that all, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it was well-deserved that he's going to be up there uh, in Indiana with the league's greatest stars. Yeah, and we'll we'll dig into this game um, with the Celtics now. Um, for me, man, um, the Hawks were shorthanded. They were without DeJounte Murray and Clint Capella. Uh, DeJounte was a, a late scratch um, about an hour before the game. Uh, we hear that he has lower back tightness, uh, ends up getting ruled out. But I felt like for overall in this game, the Hawks really fought and had a chance to win this game. Just shots wouldn't fall late. Yeah. And there it went down to really the last, last couple of possessions with Hawks, with the Hawks not being able to hit shots. But overall, they, they definitely, they definitely had a chance. To, to really put an upset here uh, over the Celtics at home, and they've been almost unstoppable at home throughout the season. But if we look at a, a few key stats here, uh, there are a couple areas really the Hawks dominated in this game. I, they they won the points off turnover battle. Uh, sorry, they lo- they won the turnover battle fourteen to nine. Uh, they they won fast break points fifteen to six, but and they won the possession battle battle by a landslide. But the biggest difference is. Just the shot making. I mean, how many times it's a cliche, but make or miss lead. The Celtics shot for 52% from the field compared to the Hawks 42, 34% compared to the Hawks 31 from three. And the points off turnovers, 19 for the Celtics compared to just eight for the Hawks. So 
when Atlanta was making those types of mistakes, the Celtics were capitalizing more often, more often than not. And that's the biggest thing uh, for me. Kristaps Porzingis was really hard to deal with for the Hawks, even if they had Clint Capella. I mean, Porzingis is such a tough matchup for any of the Hawks guys, just because they do not have the size cont- to contend with him. I mean, in this game, uh, KP 13 of 19 from the field ended with 31 points. And, and he was just dominant throughout the entire game. And honestly, the Atlantic was in this game because it due, to, due to large part, the Celtics were settling for a lot of threes in this first half, really up until the fourth quarter. And, and then they kind of started to knock down threes. Derek White, Porzingis, handled their job down the stretch from the outside. And, and that was pretty much all she wrote. Yeah. And for Derek White, man, he had some ridiculous ones in this game. Definitely late in the shot clock. It, it was uh, it was unfortunate to watch. But, you know, for the Hawks to be so shorthanded to, to really come out and put a fight against Boston, um, they're the number one team in the East right now. And, you know, for the Hawks to come out and put a fight, I thought it was uh, quite encouraging, to be honest with you. Yeah, and Al Horford also, I, I thought, hurt the Hawks a lot, especially in that first half. Uh, when Akangu went off the floor, Bruno Fernando got the backup center minutes. I thought uh, Bruno, while he was good offensively in his minutes, I thought, and whenever somebody got down to the paint, he didn't really want to go out necessarily to Al Horford and and let let him and let him shoot those shoot those three pointers beyond the arc. And unfortunately, when you leave Al Horford open, he's still he's still a good shooter, and that that kind of burned the Hawks a little bit. But you know, Horford four of nine from three, and Derek White five of ten. Those were the main two guys. Uh, who hurt the Hawks all game from outside. Yeah, I felt like those two guys were definitely, you know, kind of the backbreaker of uh, what happened tonight with the Hawks. But, you know, going into the first, um, the Celtics were going to KP early. Um, They get out to a 9-5 lead. But one thing that uh, I thought was very interesting was them settling for threes early instead of putting the seven three guy against the six nine guy playing center uh it just it's fumbling to me like it doesn't seem like basic basketball but i guess it works for the celtics but it's really interesting yeah i mean bob rathman dominique wilkins they were pretty much saying the entire time on the broadcast about they don't. I don't understand why Porzingis is taking so many threes. The Celtics were shooting so well from two the entire game. At one point, they were. I want to say they were around like twenty-seven of thirty-five on twos at one point in the second half. And they kept launching from three, and honestly, it helped the Hawks. So, so they took it. But uh, it, both teams will exchanged a, a nine-three run for the Celtics. The Hawks countered with a nine-two run, and it was 12-11 Hawks early. Sadiq Bay had seven points early and he had a great offensive performance in this one and it was sick it ended up being 16 all after that stretch uh before deandre hunter comes in and immediately hits a four-point play kind of a uh a great opening uh great opening sequence there for dre yeah and for deandre man i i think this is two back-to-back really good games off the bench I know offensively he wasn't probably his best, but I felt like defensively he was really good in this game. I felt like the way he defended Tatum was really good. Um, he defended Jalen Brown really, really good in this game. I, 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 
I know we watched him last year in that playoff series struggle against Tatum and Brown. Um, I think he might have figured something out defensively that uh, he definitely slowed both of them down. Yeah, and Tatum really wasn't a problem for, for the Hawks throughout this game. He shot really bad in this game. He was eight, he was 8 of 21, 2 of 13 from beyond the arc for Tatum tonight. Uh, so the Hawks really did their job on him, but unfortunately you know, got caught by a few, few of the other Celtics as they have so many weapons. As we move on here uh, later in the first quarter, Trey ends up banking a three uh, later in the first for a 27-30 to 30 lead for the Hawks. And then you have a back-to-back moving screens from Jason Tatum and DeAndre Hunter. But for DeAndre Hunter, this was his third foul with a minute left in the first quarter. And he didn't start the game, mind you. So in, in probably about seven, six minutes, he had three fouls. And, and that really hurt the Hawks when they were already shorthanded. Yeah, but I love the decision by Quinn Snyder. He didn't foul his guy out. His guy's already on limited minutes, and he let him play. And I I, I applaud Quinn Snyder for that decision because um, I'll go ahead and ruin it a little bit for the end. DeAndre Hunter ended this game with only three fouls. He played smart defensively for the rest of the game, and applaud Quinn Snyder. That, that was a hell of a decision by him. Yeah, you you know I'm always I'm always talking about that how coaches file their guys out uh, when they get into foul trouble. But yeah, this was a good job by my coach Quinn Snyder there. And the, the first quarter ended with with a good sequence for the Hawks. Uh, Jalen Johnson drove into the paint, had a really good lob to Bruno for a jam. Uh, but then, as it seems so often, the Hawks will have a good offensive possession to end the quarter, and then with about just a couple seconds left, like we saw in the Clippers game with Daniel Tyson in that third quarter. Jason Tatum comes down, hits a three, and the Hawks take a 37-34 lead, though, at the end of the first quarter. Uh, If you ask the Hawks, they'll be up three in the first quarter in Boston with DeJounte Murray, Clint Capella out of the game. They would have taken that for sure. Yeah, I mean, and Trey Young had 11 points, Sadiq Bey with 10, uh, KP, uh, Christopher Zingas with 10. The Hawks shot 54% with only two turnovers. And the Celtics shot two of nine from deep in that first quarter. And I felt like the Hawks, like and during this whole game, I've, uh, Boston let Atlanta hang around by shooting so many threes. And it seemed like the Hawks just couldn't do enough late, like when we get to the third and fourth, to really push it over the edge. Yeah, it was like they were on the doorstep. The, the entire second half and just couldn't couldn't get over that hump. But the most encouraging thing probably for me in the first quarter was seeing Sadiq Bey knock down two, two threes in that first quarter, and it carried on throughout the entire game. Sadiq Bey really in that shooting slump. This felt like the game that, that we saw Sadiq Bey really dominate uh, at the second half of the season last season when he came over from Detroit. He was a dead-eye three-point shooter, and this game really reminded me of that threat that he is and and can be for, for the Hawks beyond the arc. Yeah, and to start out the second quarter, the Hawks start with two live ball turnovers that lead to, you know, Celtics fast break points. Um, then the Hawks go on a 7-0 run with a Jalen Johnson three uh, and Trey with two floaters. Um, I felt like at this point, though, Trey was kind of really controlling the game 
Uh, he was able to get in the paint anytime he wanted to. There was always the kickouts. Like I felt like Trey was really kind of in his zone at this point. Yeah, and without DeJounte Murray, uh, the Hawks went to staggering Bogey and Trey, having one of those two guys on the court at the same time uh, throughout the entire game. And unfortunately for this game, uh, Bogey just didn't have his shot going tonight. And it's, he picked the worst night kind of to have that because uh, DeJounte was out. But I think that was uh, an important decision from Quinn Snyder because if you take Trey out of the game and, and not with De- and you don't have DeJounte, A, it was going to be rough for, for the second unit. Bogey kind of stabilizes that a little bit. Uh, but unfortunately, he wasn't able to get his shot to go tonight. As we move on here, uh, uh, more in the second quarter, we saw another Onyeka Kangu fake dribble handoff and drove into the lane getting free throws. We saw that on the first play of the game, actually, against the Clippers last game. And Onyeka's being more and more aggressive on the on the offensive end, and it's paying off and it's paying dividends for, for the Hawks for sure. Yeah, and, and I think the reason that dribble handoff, uh, the fake dribble handoff, works off uh, so much, like it works so good for him, is because the Hawks do run that dribble handoff a, a, a good amount of times where he does hand it off. So it makes the guy think, all right, well, if he's going to hand it off, then I'm going to slide over and take the ball guy. And then he doesn't hand it off, and he's getting a free run at the rim. So, you know, I, I like that play by Quinn. I, I like that OO's really, you know, trying to step up offensively, definitely with Clint out. Um, I, I feel like, you know, so far with Clint's absence, uh, Anyeka has been playing phenomenal. So. Yep, I agree. We'll, with that. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, but uh, both teams exchanging, um, you know, high single digit runs. OO has a great pass on a driving kick to Sadiq in the corner uh, for a three. Um, that is a play you will not see Clint Capella make. Um, just the way he swung it around to the edge right there in the corner um, in the air, like. That, that's something I, I definitely like seeing out of Inyeka. Yeah, it was, it was one of those passes. Do you think a guard's going to make – Trey makes that pass. He made really a similar pass to uh, – while it wasn't the same degree of, of difficulty, it re- kind of reminded me of you know Trey passing to DeJounte in, in uh, Mexico City when DeJounte knocked down that corner three, for uh, which ended up being the game winner. Uh, it, it was kind of like that, but Onyeka just wrapped it around the big man where – normally you're just seeing guards do that. So that's kind of showing the versatility that Onyeka has. But it was kind of funny. For most of the beginning of the second quarter, it was like 6-0 run, 9-0 run, 8-2 run, 6-2 run. It was, it was, they were just going – both teams were just exchanging back and forth. And that, that, that was kind of so, uh, the microcosm of basketball just in those few minutes because it's a game of runs. Yeah, and then there was a crazy sequence where Tatum misses two wide open threes in one uh, possession. Yeah, yeah, both in one possession, and then both teams give up two easy layups, and then it's seventy one sixty seven. Celtics at half. Uh, Sadiq was the leading scorer for the Hawks with eighteen, and was four or five from deep. That was the most encouraging thing for me from the half. Trey had 15 and Onyeka had 11. But but for Trey, at some point in that second quarter, 
he didn't mention uh, to Bob Rathman as he come, came out of the locker room to start the third that he had a stinger in his hand. And it kind of showed in the second half. He did not, he was not his normal self uh, in the second half after having a really good first half. Yeah, I felt like um, Trey in the second half, um, you know how those stingers work? Like, man, you, you like it kind of it tingles, I guess, for the rest of the night in your hand. But and you know it's there, but it just his shot just never really like you could see him favoring his left hand more when he was dribbling. It just he wasn't really himself to finish off this one. Um, going into the third, um, Bogey was one of nine from the field. How many times can you say that, Mikey? And not many times this season, for sure. Yeah, Bogey has been normally really, really good. Um, and unfortunately, uh, he struggled in this one. Um, it was 75 72 Celtics. Um, for for me, um, there was a nasty lob from Derek White to Christoph Porzingis, and then Trey comes down and, and does the same lob with Nyeka Kongwu, and then Boston goes down, misses a shot, and then Trey comes down and does the exact same lob again to Jalen Johnson, making it eighty two seventy six um, Celtics. But I felt like at this point in the game. This is where the Hawks just couldn't get over the hump. Like it, it, it remained between two points and four points. It felt like for the remainder of the game until probably midway into the fourth. But I don't think it ever really got above like five points. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the third quarter, uh, kind of going, skipping ahead here a little bit, nobody l- led by more than seven points. So it, this this game was really close throughout most of it. Um, after that crazy lob sequence, uh, Bogey finally gets a three ball to fall his first three, and then Bay really Sadiq Bay had had great help on the weak side on a post up. Uh, I think it was Tatum who had a mismatch, and Bay comes over. He was front a Trey was fronting Tatum, and Sadiq Bay comes over, knocks the pass out, and then uh, off of that he takes it on the break. Bogey gets a three. And the Hawks make it a one-point game. That was really encouraging to see from Sadiq. Uh, that uh, smart help side defense right there is good to see. Um, Cornette and KP. When, when the Celtics put them two on the floor against a undersized Hawks team, two seven-footers, I felt like the Hawks, like, rebounding, it, it was at the point now when they shot, they just go back and give up on the offensive boards because KP and Cornette were just there. Like, and it's hard for the Hawks being undersized to even affect the offensive glass. And the Hawks did get a couple offensive rebounds in, in this game, but I felt like those two guys – really were kind of the game changer because both of them can shoot threes, stretch the floor. Um, you know, the Celtics get out to 87-83 lead. Um, for, for me, man, I, I felt like it was one of those things when those two guys came in, the Hawks struggled a little bit. Yeah, and at that point, 
Atlanta was really doing a good job on the second chance points. They were they were up twelve to two in that category, um, but yeah, at, at this point, I, I think I mentioned this earlier on the show. Twenty seven for thirty four were the Celtics on twos in this game with two minutes and thirty seven, two minutes and thirty seconds left in the third quarter. Why they weren't just going to the paint and scoring at will, I don't get it. They were still taking a ton of threes, especially Tatum, but. At the end of the third, it was 95 to 90 Celtics. And like I mentioned before, this was a close game throughout. No team led by more than seven points, uh, but that would change in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, something in the fourth early that I noticed too was Trey forcing passes. Um, he ended up trying to, he ends up forcing a turnover on uh, Peyton Pritchard for a Jalen Johnson three. Um, but I felt like in early in the fourth too, though he gave him right back. He had a turnover where he tried to force a pass to Jalen. Um, it, it's one of those things. Derek White comes down, counters with a three. Both teams made twelve threes. And like up until this up until this point, both teams have made twelve threes. But after this, it just seemed like the Celtics ran away uh, from from deep. Yeah, and. You know, it's one of those things where it, <laughs> it, it sucks because, like, normally for the Hawks, like, the last, you know, that five-game win streak the Hawks were just on, they were shooting the three ball really efficiently. And it, it just, this game, it just, you know, the <laughs> the the odds just didn't fall in their favor in, in the three-point column. Yeah, and then we had probably, in my opinion, the most momentum shift sequence for the Celtics in this game. The Hawks played absolute lockdown defense for a good 23.3 seconds. Derek White gets doubled. He he kind of dribbles to, to the nail, uh, to, to the hash, not the nail, to the hash mark near the three-point line. And he notices the shot clock, um, heaves it up over Trey Young, and it hits nothing but net. The crowd goes crazy, and it, at this point, you're a Hawks fan thinking, oh, my goodness, how does that shot go in? And really, I think that was the turning point for this game where the Celtics were like, all right, this is just our game. And shortly after that, it kind of happened. They went on a 14-5 to lead, grabbing the biggest lead of the night for either team at 109-98. to Yeah, and um, Tatum played a lot in the fourth. Um, Ends up, they end up losing the lead uh, to one fifteen to one hundred two, um, but the the Celtics just couldn't miss from three. Uh, Porzingis, White, I mean, and, and what makes it even worse was the Hawks were shooting so bad from three in that second half. They only shot twenty five percent. That's just not enough to win. No, especially against a team that is so good at shooting threes. Um, but Jason Tatum, he really struggled in this game for the most most part. But in the fourth quarter, I mean, it looked like he was trying to hunt mismatches every single time down the court. He dribbling up, uh, dribbling up the shot clock for a good 15, 16 seconds. But eventually when they did get that mismatch, the Celtics, they went at it and, and succeeded more often than not. And it was ended up being 120-109. Uh, Celtics with just over two minutes left. 
Yeah, and something uh, I wanted to bring up about Tatum just real quick was um, I noticed the Hawks were really, really good on the weak side help on Tatum. So when Tatum would try his patent spinoff to get baseline, there was a guy there waiting on him. And, you know, it forced him to pass the ball. But unfortunately for the Hawks, the next guy didn't make that rotation because it normally ended up in a wide Al Horford three or a wide uh, wide open Derek White three, unfortunately. Yeah, but it looked, it looked like it could have been over with two minutes left, Hawks down 11. But they put up a fight. They ended up going on an 8-0 run at one sequence to put the score at 120 to 115. Five-point deficit, and they had the ball. So this could have been a one-possession game. The Hawks have a great offensive possession. They get the ball, they get the ball going. I think it was Trey that got double teamed. They swing it around to the corner. Bogey has it on the left wing, bounce passes it to Sadiq for an extra pass. Wide open look from the corner, but it does not go in. And you know, that felt like just a punch in the gut right there uh, for the Hawks. And Sadiq had had a great night before this. So, you know, you're not, you're not going to fault him too much for just, you know, missing a shot. But if that would have gone in this game, we could be talking uh, very differently. But the three the Hawks don't get, the three the Celtics do get with a Kristaps Porzingis dagger three to end it. And that was uh, after that, it was pretty much game over. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. The, the KP three after the Sadiq one where he shot it short, um, it, it just felt like the the nail into the coffin. Like it, it was just one of those things where it is what it is. And, you know, I still applaud the Hawks for this game. I think that being down DeJounte and Clint and still fighting like they did to make this a, you know, two possession game with right at around a minute left, I, I felt like. You know, that's something to at least applaud a little bit for because they never gave up on this game. Yeah. And in the fourth quarter, it just seemed like the Hawks missed so many open looks that the Celtics didn't. And Quinn Snyder acknowledged that in his post game conference, too, in the fourth, especially uh, that that was the case. And it's a make or miss league. And uh, Porzingis made it, they didn't. And that's kind of where that went in that in the down and down the stretch there. All right, so moving into the box score, um, Bruno Fernando, 12 minutes, uh, two of four from the field, um, uh, four rebounds, one assist, um, nine points. I actually thought Bruno played pretty good in this game. Uh, he, he shot five for six from the free throw line. Uh, I felt like defensively he struggled a little bit, but um, – you know, I I felt like he had an okay okay game. Yeah, I would agree. Patty Mills played 10 minutes, 0-2 from the field, two rebounds, one assist, one steal, zero points. Uh, Patty, it, it, when, when he's out there, he definitely is pushing the pace uh, for, for the Hawks' offense, but I, I don't really feel like he's being that effective in most of his minutes. Yeah, I could agree with that. Um, moving to Garrison Matthews, 14 minutes, one of one from the field, uh, that being a three. Um, one steal, three points. I, I felt like Garrison in this game um, was, you know, he was solid. Um, not much offensively, but he, he was solid for sure. Yeah, I think defensively he did struggle, did struggle a little bit, as did most of the Hawks with, with some of the 
some of the three-pointer three-point shooting from the Celtics. But we move on to DeAndre Hunter here, and the minutes restriction did uh, lift a little bit. Got up to 23 minutes out of those teens, so that's encouraging for Dre. Three of nine from the field, one of four from deep, three of three from the line, one rebound, one assist, ten points. I thought defensively, uh, DeAndre played played a great game tonight, especially on Tatum. Uh, but offensively, uh, it, it wasn't the greatest performance. Yeah, I felt like DeAndre struggled offensively a little bit, but defensively he was pretty good. Um, Moving to the starters, Sadiq Bey, 35 minutes, 9 of 16 from the field, 4 of 7 from deep, 3 of 4 from the free throw line, 9 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, 25 points. I actually thought Sadiq Sadiq Bey played one heck of a game. Yeah, I, that, that's all there is to it for me, too. He, he played really well. We move on to Bogdan Bogdanovich, 35 minutes, starting in place of DeJounte Murray, 5 of 18 from the field, 2 of 10 from downtown, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 12 points. Bogey really struggled in this game, unfortunately, on both ends. And when, when his shot doesn't go down when DeJounte's out, it, it really hurts because he is probably the second – he's the second go-to guy – and if the Hawks would have gotten their normal production out of bogey in this game, we're pro- we may be talking about a different outcome. But unfortunately, that just wasn't the case. Yeah, and moving to Anyeka Kongu, um, 35 minutes, 7-11 from the field, 1-3 from deep, 4-4 four four from the free throw line, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks, 19 points. I felt like Anyeka is... Building and building, um, definitely with the minutes that he's able to get uh, with the absence of Clint Capella. Uh, man, uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Anyeka right now. Yeah, you're seeing what he can do in 30 minutes, and so far um, the Hawks are reaping the benefits right now. For Jalen Johnson, 36 minutes, 8 of 16 from the field, 2 of 5 from deep, 1 of 1 from the line, 15 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, 19 points. Great to see Jalen be efficient. Uh, from the field after after a rough time last uh, last game. And 50 rebounds. You love to see that uh, from Jalen, especially with Capella out. Jalen, def- defensive rebound-wise, is going to be huge. And that was good to see. Yeah, and moving to Trey Young, um, 37 minutes, 8 of 25 from the field, 2 of 10 from deep, 2 of 2 from the free throw line. Uh, it, it's very uncommon you see Trey only two, shoot two free throws in a game. Um, 10 assists, two rebounds, one steal, 20 points. Um, I felt like Trey in the first half was really good. Um, I think that stinger um, really hurt him in the second half. So for me, it's one of those things where, like, hopefully um, Trey can get whatever situated with his hand and uh, be ready for um, the game against Philadelphia on Friday, which we're going into our three keys about. Um, Dogs take take on the Philadelphia 76ers Friday night at Wells Fargo Center. Um, My first key to this game, Mikey, is Philly is without Joel Embiid, so I want the Hawks to attack the paint. Um, I know they do have Paul Reed that's playing center now, but I think um, Anyeka and 
his ability to um, pull out Paul Reed also from the three-point line to the, at least the nail will help the Hawks' ability to get to the rim right here in this one. Yeah, for sure. And I'm looking, I'm looking for guys uh, like Jalen and, and like DeJounte, if he plays in the, this one, to also be aggressive to, to get to the rim along with Trey. In the second key is going to be force Maxi to beat you, uh, and that sounds strange because you know Maxi's had a great season and it's all star for a reason, definitely well deserved. But he's really struggled since Joel Embiid went down with that meniscus injury, and at him as the number one option, he hasn't been that efficient. Uh, can you limit the other guys and force Maxi to be the one to beat you? I think that'll bode well for the Hawks if you can limit um, the the second. And and or second, third, fourth options for 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 the 76ers. Yeah, and for me, going into the the third key is um, force Philly to shoot threes. Um, they're they're really struggling from outside. Um, definitely since Joel has been out, uh, I know they played uh, Golden State tonight. They ended up losing. And they shot 25% from three. Um, I think if the Hawks can pack the paint and, and make the them beat them from the three-point line, it will favor in the Hawks. Yeah. And that'll do it for those three keys. But tomorrow is going to be a big day. The trade deadline, NBA trade deadline tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And we're going to have a show dropping tomorrow night, recapping any moves that the Hawks make or lack thereof uh, on the day tomorrow. So definitely stay tuned for that and be ready because <laughs> there's going to be a lot of notifications for NBA fans tomorrow on Twitter. So have those shams and, <laughs> and noties from Woj ready. See you tomorrow. And that'll do it for this episode of the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast content like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can follow me on X at Pinwizard300 and follow Tim at TimHawks23. Be on the lookout to receive the latest Hawks coverage from us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.